Day with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to teach children about the Sabbath and to lead them through a study of the Bible. Remember to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on kids, join us now and each week for A Day with the King. It's great that you could all join us to meet with the King. Come and join our worship time together. Auntie Cecily, it's so good that you're here with us today. I'm delighted to be here, Auntie Nat. And hello, children. It's wonderful that you're here with us to help us welcome in the King for the Sabbath. And hello, Teddy. It's lovely that you've joined us again today. You're so good. Yes, he is. Auntie Cecily, can you say a prayer for us to open our worship time? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for keeping us safe through another week. And thank you for the Sabbath where we can rest in you. And we pray a blessing on all the boys and girls who have joined us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Do you know, this is a great time to reflect on our week and count the many blessings God has sent us. And Ella, you have a blessing to share with us. I'm thankful to God that when I broke my arm, it didn't break severely. It didn't break all the way through, did it? It was a green stick, so it healed a lot quicker, didn't it? And you didn't need an operation. Yeah, so that was was a good blessing, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, thanks. Auntie Cecily, you have a blessing to share with us too about our amazing God. Yes. We've been on quite a journey these past 13 Sabbaths getting to know who God is. We've found out that God is our deliverer, God is holy, God is the I Am, He is compassionate or caring. God is love and he's our provider. And he's a God of order and a God of mercy and he's sacrificial. God is also our creator, is long suffering and is trustworthy. Mm. Today is special because I'm going to add two more. God keeps his promises and God can be our very best friend. Mm. Later on in our study, we're going to see how God kept his promise to the children of Israel. The Bible tells us that God is faithful in keeping his promises. Mm. We can trust in God's word. Mm. Matthew 24 tells us that God's words will never pass away. If God promises, he will deliver. Mm. We've also discovered in previous Bible studies that Abraham was a friend of God. We've been studying that Moses also had a special relationship with God. God spoke to Moses face to face like a friend. John 15 tells us that Jesus wants to be our friend as well. Mm. Jesus promises that if we keep his commandments, he will call us his friend. When we get to know God and who he is and what he's done for us, It draws us closer to him. Mm. We've learned many things about God. But the one thing I want you to remember most of all is that God, who's the king of the universe and who angels worship him day and night in adoration and praise, he is just, it's a lovely mystery that he also wants to be your best friend. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God can be our best friend? Thank you, Auntie Cecily, for sharing that blessing with us. Do you know another way that we can draw closer to God 
is to worship him in song. And guess what? We've got Pastor Rick here again. Thanks, Pastor Rick. It's terrific to be here, Auntie Nat. Welcome, children. And I'm thinking we might sing that song, God is My Best Friend. My very best friend is God on high. He never lets me down. God gives me all I need and more. His blessings all abound. God of mercy, God of love, God of love and heaven above. He is so good to me. God is my best friend. I trust in Pastor Rick, can we please sing Give Your Heart to Jesus? I think this is probably the most beautiful song we can sing, don't you think? Yeah. It's a great song. Pastor Rick, we really enjoy your company and your music in our worship time. Now Dr. John has another lovely blessing to share with us. Let's go and see one more. Hello boys and girls, my name is Dr. John Hammond and we are at Sunnyside and we're about to leave and to do some exploring and we're going to find something very, very interesting. Just come with me and we'll go looking. Hello boys and girls, welcome back. I'm Dr. John and you are with me in the Alan G. White Seventh-day Adventist Research Center at Avondale College. And this room has some wonderful stuff. There are photos and in that room there is a copy of every letter, every article, every book that she ever wrote. 
Here is a present that was given to Pastor and Mrs. White. It is a very old clock and it is so valuable that we don't even wind it up, but it shows the time, the day of the week, the month, and the day of the month. And she had a clock a little bit like this the day that she died over in America. And when she died, she died at 3.40 in the afternoon on a Friday, 16th of July, 1915. And Mary, her nurse, when she saw that Mrs. White was dead, she went over and she opened the little door at the bottom. And she stopped the pendulum and it has never moved since then, almost a hundred years. And so we keep this clock very, very carefully. Now over here, if you'd like to follow me, it's not really a little Bible. You couldn't fit it in your pocket. In fact, it weighs nearly nine kilograms or 18 pounds. And this is an exact copy of the Bible that Ellen held in her hand for 30 minutes. I couldn't hold it in my hand for three minutes like that, even if you paid me a million dollars. Shanae, hold out your arm. Just one underneath. Are you ready? Yeah. Leave the other arm still. It is so heavy. <laughs> and that is a very precious part of this center here. And we keep that. In fact, you're allowed to touch it, but most of the time, nobody is allowed to touch this Bible. It is so precious to us. Boys and girls, I've got two special visitors and they're coming here to meet you. If you'd just like to walk over in here. And these two people know more about Mrs. White, I think, than anybody in the whole world. This is Dr. Sapazic and Mrs. De Berg. Hello, boys and girls. It's nice to have you with us. Let me take you inside the heart of the research centre and we'll share with you some exciting stories, show you some letters written by Ellen White and few other stories, so let's walk in. Hello, Ellen White wrote a lot of letters and papers and periodicals in her time. She often rose about 3am and she would start writing. This is one of her letters to her children. Written in 1900, she says, Dear children. Now when we look at a lot of her periodicals, they're printed in books like this and bigger and they take up a lot of room. And so they have to have microfiche now and we can fit several volumes on one piece of microfiche. See, each one of these pages is one page. And this is microfilm and it's the same, it works the same way. See, we have each one of these little slots is one page. So you can imagine how much room we save by having resources on microfish and microfilm. So I'm going to hand you over to Dr. John now and he has something to show you. Well, you know, it's very interesting. Ellen White was a very, very special person. She received approximately 2,000 visions from God and God said to her, please talk to my people. And here we have all the letters and manuscripts that she wrote some quite interesting she wrote to her children, to her family, and to the church people at large. One day I was sitting in my office and I said to myself, I wonder what did she say in her last letter to the church, written in 1914. Let me give you a few examples. That's the letter. And she said something like this. 
Be faithful. Never doubt in God, for he loves you. Put your trust and confidence in your heavenly Father. God is waiting, waiting to share all his blessings. It is your privilege to trust in the love of Jesus. And you know what, what I have discovered? That you are so passionately in love with Jesus that people often heard us say, Oh Jesus, how I love you. Oh Jesus, how I love you. Well, boys and girls and all my friends, boys and girls right around the world, Today you have visited the Alan G. White Seventh-day Adventist Research Center, the lady who wrote more books and more words than any other lady who has ever lived. Thank you for coming. Hi, boys and girls. Happy Sabbath. Welcome to our Bible study. I hope you have your Bibles ready to read along with us. Come and join us. Nick, can you please say a prayer for us before we open our Bible reading? Dear Father, we thank you for keeping your promises. Thank you for our Bibles and please be with the children today as they study your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Nick, do you remember what we studied about last Sabbath? Uh, the 12 spies. Mm. Um, yeah. And who were, who were the two spies that were faithful? Caleb and Joshua. Were the children of Israel allowed to go into the promised land? No. No, they weren't. They didn't trust God, did they? And how many years did they have to go back in the wilderness? Forty. Forty years. So we're going to begin our study today back at the borders of Canaan. The children of Israel had spent their time in the wilderness where God had been working on their hearts and minds in preparation for them to enter the promised land. And Aunty Cecily, I might just get you to show the children where, the, where Kadesh is, thank you. And you can see the blue circular line where they wandered around for 40 years. And God, it looks like it's gonna take them on a different route up into the land of Canaan. You can see the green line there and we'll study more about that shortly. Okay, Ella, can you please read our first reading for us in Numbers 22 to six. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered again together against Moses and Aaron, and the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brother died before the Lord. Why have you brought us up as the assembly? Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come out, out, of, the, out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Thanks, Ella. So there is no water, and the children of Israel are complaining again to Moses and Aaron, and they went into the sanctuary to pray to God. Let's see what God tells them. Nick, can you please read for us Numbers 27 to 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from them out of the rock, and give a drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses, 
Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, you hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Wow. So in verse 8, God asked Moses to speak to the rock. In verse 10, Moses says, Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Did they provide the water or did God provide the water? God. 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 Yes, God did. And in verse 11, Moses struck the rock twice. Moses wasn't supposed to strike the rock, but speak to it like God asked him to. So we read in verse 12 that God tells Moses and Aaron because of their sin, they were not to lead the Israelites into the promised land. That seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? Moses and Aaron were now very old men. They had put up with a lot. The children of Israel had complained and rebelled for 40 years. Moses had lost his patience and with anger struck the rock. Moses had dishonored God. Moses and Aaron repented immediately and God forgave them. But God could not take away the consequences of their sin. Let's have a look at our torchlight, Mrs. White's writings, to see what they shine on what we've just read. Nick, you're going to read that for us. Thank you. But when it was declared that because of that one sin, Moses and Aaron were not to enter Canaan, the people knew that God is no respecter of persons and that he will surely punish punish the transgressor. The fact that Moses had enjoyed so great light and knowledge made his sin more grievous. Past Past faithfulness will not atone for one wrong act. The greater light and privileges granted to a man the greater his, is his responsibility. Mm, so that's very sobering. So that is telling us that even God's servant Moses, who had been so obedient and faithful, was not immune or had special protection from God from the consequences of sin. So God asked Moses to do something. Elijah, can you please read Numbers twenty twenty-five to 29? Take Aaron and... Eliezer, his son, and bring them up to Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eliezer, his son. For Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did just as the Lord commanded, and they went up to Mount Hor in the the sight of all the congregation. Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on Eliezer, his son, and Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Now when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, all the house of Israel mourned for Aaron 30 days. So Aaron died. He was 123 years old. His son Eliezer took his place as high priest. Moses felt his loss greatly. Aaron had been his constant companion for the past 40 years. Moses now leaned more heavily on God, his best friend. God can become our friend too. Let's read our memory verse together. It's in John 15:14. We go to that and we'll read that together. You ready? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. That's an amazing promise, isn't it? 
Okay, so now we're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy. This is the fifth book that Moses wrote. Now we're going to go to Deuteronomy 7. You all go to Deuteronomy 7. And Kate, you're going to read for us Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 8 and 11. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure, treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor, chose, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which I command you today to observe them. Thanks, Kate. So Moses is again reminding them that the children of Israel were a special people that God had chosen to reflect God's character to all nations and not to forget what God had done for them. Okay, Ben, you're going to read Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14 for us, please. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who, who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. So these were the things that the people who lived in Canaan did. God did not want them to be influenced by it, as it was an abomination to God. Who do you think was responsible for all these activities? Satan. Satan, yes. And they are all a counterfeit to God. We're now going to go to the last chapter of Deuteronomy. Can you find that? Chapter 34. So before the children went into the promised land, God tells Moses to climb Mount Nebo. And Aunt Cecily, I might get you to point out Mount Nebo on the map. See, way up there. So God wanted to show Moses the land of Canaan laid out before him because Moses could only see it from afar. The Lord also reminds Moses that he kept his promise of bringing them to the land he had promised Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Ella, you're going to read for us, please, Deuteronomy 34, 5 to 8. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His, eye, his eyes were not dim, nor his natural vig, vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Thanks, Hella. 
So Moses was what? How old was he? What did we just read? 120. He was 120 years old when he died. The Bible tells us that God's angels came down and buried Moses. Mrs. White tells us at the bottom of our Remnant Young Scholar Study Bibles that Christ came down and raised Moses from the dead and took him to heaven. So Moses may not have been able to go into the promised land, but he went to heaven to be with God, his best friend forever. Nick, can you please read Deuteronomy 34.10? But since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Thanks, Nick. Do you remember our very first memory verse way back about the faithfulness of Moses' parents in hiding Moses? Do you remember what the Pharaoh wanted to do? Where did he want to throw the baby boys? In the River Nile. Do you think the faithfulness of his parents paid off? Yes. Yes, it did. We just read in the Bible that Moses was one of the greatest prophets that knew God face to face. And his story is here for us to read today. We can all learn something from the amazing life of Moses. Thank you, boys and girls, for following along with us. As we have read from Exodus to Deuteronomy, God loves you very much and wants to be your friend too. Remember to read your Bibles every day. You can trust his word and know that God does keep his promises. We have a seven-day devotional that covers today's study. Here's how you can get it. Hey, boys and girls, like Auntie Nat said, you can go on to our website to access our daily devotionals at www.adaywiththeking.com. And while you're there, you can also check out Teddy's blog. He's posted some really cool photos of us making this show. He also talks about it as well. He even posted about his visit to the vet. So hop online today. When we read our Bibles, we get to know God as our friend. God wants his friends to spend eternity with him. And God wants you to read your Bibles every day so he can communicate with you and tell you how much he loves you. Do you know, Auntie Nat, we've learned so much about God during these past 13 Sabbaths? Yes, we have. We've been on an incredible journey. God is amazing. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the I Am. He is the beginning and the end. And God is mighty to save. He is a God. He is a holy God. But the beautiful thing is that he can be your best friend. Ask him into your hearts today. Aunt Cecily, shall we go over our memory verse that we learned in our Bible study? Yes. Children, we're going to read it together. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Auntie Nat, are you ready to sing our blessing song to the children? Yes. Children, can you turn around so that we can sing that to the children at home?
God is a God of love because He died for my sins and I can go to Him any time for forgiveness. I love God because He's my provider and He provides me with a great family that look after me and care for me. I love God because um, He gave me the Bible in which I can learn more about Him and I can't wait till He comes back and I can live with Him. You have been listening to a production of 3AB in Australia Television. God bless you kids. Remember to join us next week. Thank you.